views expressed on the following program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. This is Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. I'm Dr. Pat, better known as Dr. P. I'm here with my main, Mr. B. And by the way, I've got the amazing uh, Dr. C joining the show today. You know, we have got a fabulous show for you today. I've been telling you about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. And the day is here. And I want to thank Margaret. What kind words. Thank you so much uh, for uh, the show. And, of course, you know that they do an awesome show. I mean, this is just amazing. And they really stepped in for Cam and Lucia. And, boy, did they rock this world. Well, we are thrilled to be here with you today. And I have to tell you, I am so honored to have my guest on the show today. My guest today is Dr. Carolyn Mace. And I want to say that if you have not heard about her work, you're going to get a glimpse of it today. Uh, in addition to that, we're going to let you know about her website. You have heard us talk about Carolyn on Fridays with our regular segment host, uh, Stephanie Durham. And those cards that we pull when we talk about sacred contracts and we work with people on the air, those were developed by Carolyn May. She has been doing this for decades. And I want to talk a little bit about her newest book. She is a best-selling author, and we'll tell you how to connect with her website, and also we'll tell you a little bit more about our radio show. But I want to tell you, the book that I, we are going to talk about today, there are parts in this book that absolutely brought tears to my eyes, and at the same time, uh, at the same time allowed me to get in touch with a part of myself that is you know was longing to give to the world and what i realized in reading this book and we'll talk about the contents of it and we'll talk about some of the ways that you are invited to live your life full out the book is called invisible acts of power channeling grace in your everyday life this is by best-selling author uh, of anatomy of the spirit and sacred contracts of course carolyn mace and we are thrilled to be talking about and helping everyone know about this book being out in paperback form and so uh we want to thank you carolyn may so much for all of the work that you have done the work that has changed the lives of so many people and uh thank you for joining the show today well, thank you. What a generous introduction. Thank you so much. You know, your work has touched the lives of so many people, even people that aren't necessarily, you know, necessarily familiar with, you know, what this book said or what that book said, but they know of your work. And uh, I, w I want to talk a little bit about this book, Invisible Acts of Power. This book, to me, uh, seemed a little different from uh, some of the other books that you've written. And I really got a sense of being really close to you, really close to you and how open your heart was. Am I, you know, making that up? Is that just my sort of perception uh, on this? <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first one to say that. Now, I, I um, this, 
this book and the experience of actually, let me say the experience of writing the book and the people whose letters I put into the book, the subject matter, which is, um, which began with my curiosity about uh, service and our our need to be of service in the world. So I solicited letters from people in terms of, you know, how have people served you and how have you served others? What started out as really an academic piece of research ended up becoming the core of a spiritual transformation for me, for me. Mm -hmm. It ended up becoming the beginning of what I consider to be my spiritual life. Wow. And that um, is what I became very passionate about sharing with people, which is why I wrote this book. What I realized as I read the over 1,200 letters that poured into my office when I, when I asked that question via my website, was I became so unbelievably overwhelmed by the stories people shared with me. And not, not stories, not because... The examples were so huge, like great big huge examples, but because of the tiny things people said others did for them and the enormous consequences mm. of profound life changes that small things had. Let me give you an example. Great. A man wrote me who had once been homeless. He said he was on the street. First of all, he said that said, let me tell you why homeless people don't look people in the eye. He said, we don't look at people because we're so afraid to spot someone we once knew when we had a more dignified life. Mm. He said that we can sense when people are walking by us and deliberately do not want to give us anything. We can sense when people are judging us because they think we have so much money and we're just doing this because we don't want to work. He said, they have no idea of the multitude of crises that we experienced in our lives that led us to this point. I can sense when people walked by me and thought, you're nothing but a drug addict and didn't realize that I lost my whole family. Mm. And I'm on this corner because I was a shattered man. And he said, the greatest act of service a human being did for me was not the $10 someone gave to me, which was the largest financial donation I ever received, but it was the person who came up to me and wasn't afraid to physically touch me, who leaned over and put her hand on my arm and said, God bless you, I will pray for you, and you will get out of this. Mm. He said, that act of dignity gave me back my soul. Mm. Now, these are the letters that I sat there and read and reread and reread and thought to myself, we do not realize how powerful we are and how every single small thing we do has such enormous consequences. Then I thought about all the many, 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 many times people have said to me that their greatest wounds were the smallest ones. Not the great big huge ones, not Mm -hmm. the, the car accidents that are enormous, but the tiny ones, when a parent said something to them, tiny by tiny, I mean the ones that took 30 seconds. Yes. The, the, the ones where a parent says, you'll never amount to anything. Yeah, and how long does that take? Not even 30, right? Okay, what are we talking, three seconds? At least, that's it. Okay, so... And it lasts, it lasts three seconds that lasts a lifetime. Precisely. There we go. 
that that is how powerful we are. And I felt, I, I thought, I have got to shine a light on this. I have got to do something here because at the same time, I walk into a, to a seminar room or a classroom once a week. I, I, I teach every, anything from 500 to 2,000 people a weekend. And I hear people say to me all the time, I know I'm meant to do something, but I don't know what. Mm -hmm. You know how many times I've heard that? I, I hear it. I, I'm with you. Okay, I know. you hear it all the time. <laughs> yeah. But they never do anything. Mm -hmm. And I finally realized, you're never going to do anything. You're going to say that mantra forever. And I said to one group of people, wait a minute, I've had it. I have so had it with you guys. I don't know if your lives are fact, fiction, folly, theory, what, but you are never ever, ever going to do anything but sit back and say that. Now, what is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. What is it about you that you are never going to get on with the rest of your life and just sit back and say, I know I was born for something, but I'm, and then the light bulb went on in me, not them, but me. Right. And I realized that our deeper calling and perhaps what human beings are being called to do is not to go out and we're, we're on the wrong track this is this feeling we have is not about going out and finding a different place in the world or finding a different partner or finding a different life. It's about channeling grace. It's about becoming something different within us. It's about staying where we are in our lives, where God has put you, where your feet are on the earth and falling in love with the life you have and making that the most empowered life you've ever lived. And that, and that does not mean just going into yourself with this endless, endless agenda of endless healing. It means once you're done with your endless search for your endless healing, you have got to come out again. You've got to come out of yourself and say, and now I've got to take care of someone else. Mm. Now I've got to use this soul of mine that I've spent thousands of dollars repairing and start helping others. You know, th there's something in the book that you say, Carolyn, excuse me, I'm sorry for interrupting no. there. You say being of service is not an option. It's a biological necessity. You better believe it. It is a biological necessity. We have a calling, just like we have a calling to just like we're tribal creatures. We don't want to live alone. We want to be part of a community. That's we right. love being part of a tribal community. That's who we are. We are communal creatures. In that same way, we have a biological, it is a necessity for us to care for each other. Yeah. And part of that is where our intuition mm. comes in. That is why I wrote about intuition in this book. That it is a absolute gut instinct in us to care for each other. Intuition is not a gift. And if I hear that again, I'll go out of my mind. <laughs> it is so not a gift. I'm so tired of people placing intuition in the same sacred category as spirituality. Intuition is not sacred. It is a gut instinct. It is nothing but a survival mechanism. Spirituality belongs in a different category. It is sacred. Intuition is not sacred. It is simply survival. Animals have it. It is an instinct. Criminals have it. It is an instinct. Gamblers are better at it than anybody. It is nothing but an instinct. We have that toward each other. Intuition is nothing more than that. But, as I say in this book, if you wanted to really, really go at it and, and develop your intuition, that is when you have to 
begin the process of going into yourself, going onto that conscious path and deciding how far do I want to take this? Because if you really were serious about becoming a conscious person, you have to confront some real, real, real truths about yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's you cannot be occasionally conscious. You cannot take consciousness and make it an occupation. You cannot do that. You can't decide, I think I'll be conscious, but only nine to five with people in my occupation who I like, who pay to see me and admire me. I have to be conscious nonstop. That's the name of the game on this planet. Consciousness is nonstop. I am not occasionally conscious. It means I have to also be conscious with people I don't like. I also have to take consciousness in and use it, apply it in my relationship with my husband, Mm. with my children, Mm. every single place I am. And if in my development of consciousness and in my development of what my archetypal patterns are, what my shadow is, I have to now go and be with people who may have no idea what that is whatsoever, in which case I am dealing with the upper balcony here. I'm the one who knows about the shadow. I'm the one who knows about the other self and the consciousness. That means I have the greater responsibility in terms of conscious action. For if that is not consciousness, what is it? Which means I am responsible. I am accountable. Never mind responsibility. Accountability Mm. is far more the issue for channeling grace into this situation. That is the deeper call of humanity. You know, you said something very interesting, and a light bulb just went on uh, for me. And, uh, you know, what you talked about is about being conscious in the face of, in the face of, you know, quote, the enemy in the face. And if not, if not you or me or the people that, you know, are holding the consciousness, then who 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 else would do this? Yeah. I mean, who's going to do it? Are we expecting the people that we believe are not, you know, in that same state to do it? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's very it, it's a very interesting uh, question to face. But more importantly, I hear you talking about an action. I don't hear you talking about exploring the question. Am I right? What I hear you talking about is, uh, you know, it's time to do something. Precisely. I think we have, the new age is not new, it's middle-aged. And we have had 50 years now, since the beginning of the nuclear age is the beginning of the new age. It was the beginning of the energy age. It was the beginning of an age when we had to become conscious. We now have weapons that far exceed our, mm. our moral aptitude, far exceed our our spiritual maturity. We had to run to catch up, and we haven't caught up at all. But it was the beginning of of a race. And now we've had decades, decades to go inside of ourselves, find our wounds, deal with the wounded child, deal with the victim, roll around in victim consciousness. For what purpose? For what is the purpose of that? If not to eventually decide, I am now strong enough to step out and become a spiritual activist on this planet. I love that. become a mystical activist. To go into spiritual service mm-hmm. through the quality of person I am. To apply what I've learned, not just to myself, for God's sake, but to how I live. To take this consciousness and to use it in my everyday life. To know that when I feel and get an intuitive hit about walking down the street and feeling the presence of this homeless person. Mm. I respond to that person. I don't walk by him. I'll give him 50 cents and a prayer. That I know now that praying is channeling grace. That in fact, 
I realize every action, if I believe that every thought is, is a prayer, that attitudes have power, then I'm not just going to pull that truth out when I have a disease and work on it so that my little healthy attitudes will help my disease, I think I'll live there full time now. I think I will actually hold myself accountable. Never responsibility is a, get that rid of that word and put in accountability. I will hold myself accountable so that when my attitudes are in the shadow towards someone else, I'm going to say, you know what? You're doing it. You're holding yourself. You are not honoring the spiritual law you know to be true. And you will hold yourself accountable. And you will say, I am getting an intuitive hit. I have trained myself to be intuitive. I'm getting an intuitive hit to help somebody. But I don't like that person. So I'm not going to do it. Yes. And we're choosing not to do it. And I am consciously choosing not to do it. And I am going to own it. It's really funny you're talking about this. I was uh, with a group of people the other day, and there were a couple of kids hanging out on the corner, and uh, and, and they, you know, they they were just coming out of the school, and you know, they had the pants that were kind of hanging down, a couple of tattoos, and you know, two of the people that I was with started to comment about that. I said, you know what? You've got to read Carolyn Mace's book. I'm actually going to gift you a copy of this book because we go to this place of judgment. We go to this place of looking at others and, you know, we claim for ourselves that we are absolutely conscious. And one of the things that I was struck by in the book, and I love this, I don't think I have ever seen these three words in print on the same line anywhere, any book that I've ever picked up. Grace, intuition, and power. Mm -hmm. Usually what we do is we have grace over here, intuition over here, and then power, if you know we get to talk about it, sometimes we don't, because people are so afraid of it. Now, you elected to put power right there, and you talk about the myth around power. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about the importance of power and why you put it in this book? Well, you know, well, power to me is the universal ingredient of the human experience. Our lives are completely wrapped around power, and and the whole of the human journey is about power, then empowerment. And everything we do from the moment you wake up to the moment you, from the moment you're born to when you disincarnate, everything is about your relationship to power in its many expressions from how you manage physical power to how you conduct yourself within the world of uh, physical survival and how you accumulate power to survive, to how you evolve within yourself and self-empowerment, to how you deal with spiritual power, to how you manage your intellectual power, to how you compromise your power, to how you refine your power, everything is power. To the clothes you wear, you decide, am I going to empower myself? If you don't feel pretty enough, you don't empower yourself. You're disempowered. If you're not, he- if you're not thin, you're disempowered. If you're this way, everything is about power. Absolutely everything. And the biggest fear, the most controlling fear, the most paralyzing fear in the human experience is the fear of being humiliated. Mm. And because it disempowers, it is not the fear of poverty. It is not the fear of anything, anything, nothing, not the fear of being haunted. Nothing is as paralyzing to a human being as the fear of being humiliated. Because that is the fear of being disempowered. And when somebody says they can't forgive somebody, it's because that person in some way, shape, or form, at the end of the day, 
whatever they tell you will come down to it was humiliating. It gutted me. Mm -hmm. And if you look at a person's life and you say, when they pray, when they pray for guidance, and they say, I just don't know what to do. I know I was meant to do something, but I just don't know what it is. God does not wait for you to light 5,000 million candles and get on your knees and, and do all kinds of things before you deserve guidance. Guidance pours into you nonstop. You don't want to hear it because you're so afraid of hearing guidance that will what? Humiliate you. You're terrified that guidance will, that God will say to you, listen, I want you to do this and you want guidance that will be enviable. You want to make sure that the guidance you hear is something your neighbors will and your friends and all those people who once laughed at you will say, wow, you are really something. You are so terrified that the guidance you hear will cause you to end up with nothing. That's what people are terrified of, being humiliated. They have no idea about what the protective shield of humility is all about. And that understanding the jewel of a difference of that paralyzing controlling hideous fear of being humiliated which is why the people who say i just don't know what to do are actually saying i am so paralyzed by the fear of humiliation i will do nothing with the rest of my life that is what they're really saying Versus someone who says, I have no fear of being humiliated. That is being controlled by someone else. When God directs me to do something, I do it. Because in this world, my soul belongs to a source of trust in a force much greater than myself. And that is where I go. I follow that voice. That is where I go. And that person, that is the one that is filled with grace. And when that person hears a voice that says... Go over and touch that homeless person mm. and say, God bless him. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say, oh, my God, what if someone sees me touch a homeless person? Jesus, they're dirty. Jesus, what am I going to do? Just walks over there, leans over, touches that person and says, God bless you. Mm -hmm. And that person takes up his bed and walks. Lazarus rises from the dead. That's what that person did. Lazarus rose from the dead. Because that person walked over and heard and responded to deep, profound inner guidance. Even if that woman who walked down the street never sat and thought, I wonder where that guidance came from. It doesn't matter. She had the presence and self-esteem and strength of spirit to respond to very profound, deep guidance. And that is the deepest calling on this earth. To be able to have the self-esteem and humbleness, divine humbleness, to let that level of guidance flow in you. Because that's when you are a true spiritual activist on this planet. And those are the people that save this planet from going to hell in a handbasket. Those are the people that protect this planet, from, that protect life. Those are the people that make a difference in this world. Oh, thank you. Thank you. For those of you that are just tuning in, um, I'm here with Carolyn Mace right now. And boy, do we have uh, uh, a great show for you today. I want to also invite each and every one of you out there. We've got a special gift for you today. I'm going to uh, be opening up the phone lines. And what we're going to do today is, I don't know, Benny you, Benny will manage the calls. He does that so well. Uh, for, let's say, the first, I don't know, first three callers call in with a question, uh, uh, we are giving 
gifting you a copy of this book, Invisible Acts of Power, Channeling Grace in Your, Lo- in your Everyday Life, by best-selling author of Anatomy of the Spirit and Sacred Contracts, which you hear us talk about every week. Now, you heard uh, Stephanie Durham pull that sacred, they pull that card for me that day, and boy, actually, I think that card has come up twice now since she's been on the air. You'll love this, Carolyn. It's the rebel. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back more with Carolyn Mace, we're talking about invisible acts of power. And, you know, if you have been touched by uh, someone in your life, if you have touched another person, we want to hear about it today on this show. If you've got a question, we'd like to provide you with some guidance in, 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 in your life. Invisible acts of power, Carolyn Mace, short break. We will be right back with more of the Dr. Pat Show. I'm Dr. Pat. Mr. B. We'll be right back. Did you ever wonder how the ancient Kahuna priests of Hawaii could heal bones and other ailments instantly? Lori Grant, Kahuna Ohokahi, will be giving a free lecture and bringing the ancient healing energy through everyone here on Friday, January 20th from 7 to 8.30 p.m. at the Best Western Airport Exutel. For more information about this or Lori's Kahuna Arch Healing Seminar on February 17th through the 19th, go to www.archhealing.com or call 808-394-2464. In today's climate of escalating religious tension, an increasing number of Americans consider themselves spiritual but not religious. But where is a spiritual seeker to turn if not to a church, mosque, or temple? An answer and many new questions lie in the award-winning book, God Without Religion, by ascetic and mystic Shankara Sharanam. God Without Religion offers a groundbreaking bridge between organized religion and personal spirituality. Join Shankara on The Dr. Pat Show, January 19th, to learn how direct knowledge Knowledge of God can empower you. For more information about Shankara and God Without Religion, please visit the website GodWithoutReligion.com. That's GodWithoutReligion.com. Don't miss out on this free introductory workshop and change your life in 10 days. Brought to you by an award-winning book, Come to Your Senses, by Dr. Stan Block. Dr. Block explains the tools he has developed to move beyond self-limiting thoughts. Dr. Block will also be joined by Dr. Pat Vasily, the host of the award-winning radio program, The Dr. Pat Show. This workshop is offered Wednesday, January 11th from 7 to 9.30 p.m. at the East Shore Unitarian Church. For more information and to register, contact Bobby Braden at 206-550-6316. That's Bobby Braden at 206-550-6316. So begin the new year by casting off those negative thoughts with this free introductory workshop. You're listening to The Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. The Dr. Pat Show is proud to announce the opening of One, the movie, January 6th at the Landmark Varsity Theater. In One, the movie, the universe comes to the rescue when a group of friends decide to step outside the lines of everyday existence. Armed only with a digital video camera, a list of questions, and a dream, these suburban dads set out to become independent filmmakers in search of the meaning of life. Miraculously, they are joined in their quest by many of the world's greatest spiritual leaders, authors, icons, and masters of our time. The movie weaves the novice filmmakers' remarkable adventures with the answers to life's ultimate questions in a journey that just may transform your way of seeing the world as one. Don't miss One, the movie, opening January 6th at the Landmark Varsity Theater.
And tune into the Dr. Pat Show Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. till noon on 1150 KKNW. We all have them. Traits in us that make us special, unique. Characteristics that drive us. Some drive in third. Some are in overdrive. Some are in neutral. And others are in reverse. What makes us tick? Why do we do the things we do? Do we change the way we behave? Can we? How? Yes, yes you can. First, we have to embrace who you are and then enhance that in which we see. The Inquiring Mind is your partner. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. as Stephanie Durham, professional life coach, presents ACEs. Authenticity, choices, empowerment, and success. Spanning 25 years of successful business tenure, in addition to over four years of training with Caroline Mace at the CMED Institute, Stephanie's authenticity and vast knowledge helps you objectively explore wise choices with her finely attuned facilitator skills, leading you to personal empowerment and ultimate success. If you want to smooth shift into the right gear, call us toll-free 1-866-461-6463. That's 1-866-461-6463. Spread the word. You don't have to settle for the usual talk radio. Now there's Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. to the Dr. Pat show. Um, you know, I, I don't really know what to say about Carolyn Mace, except that I am absolutely thrilled that she is on the show today. And what I'm going to ask uh, Carolyn to do is to tell, uh, tell us about how each and every one of us can find out more about her work, about her radio show, and about this amazing CMET Institute that uh, Stephanie, uh, uh, Stephanie Durham is a graduate of. So, Carolyn, please, if you would take a few minutes to uh, just tell our listeners about your work and how they can get plugged in. Well, thank you for asking. I have a, my website is www.mace.com. And a few years ago, I started the CMED Institute because actually it was an outgrowth of sacred contracts. Um, and working with archetypes because I realized that in opening that doorway, that porthole into the soul and into helping people identify the agreements they made before they incarnated, which is what a contract is, that it wasn't enough to just spend a weekend with them or a day in a workshop. Your your soul is much too complex an entity that I had to do more. So I, I opened up an institute and I worked with people um, over a year to two year program where they come out to see me uh, three times a year. And we work with, um, the, first of all, we work with the 12 archetypes that are intimate to your very mm-hmm. physical contract, which is what you physically do in your physical relationships and who you're meant to be with and what you're meant to do. And then we expand into eventually reading 36 archetypes where you learn to read what archetypal patterns are influencing you today and then the archetypal patterns that are coming to you from god Mm. so it becomes a very rich thorough wonderful thing to learn how to do and and how to discern the difference between what is your fate 
versus what is your destiny and how to move to living your destiny versus being, in fact, stuck with your fate. Um, so all of this was wonderful. Stephanie was with me for, the, for two years, and it was one, she's one of the most wonderful people I have ever met in my life, one of the most generous, giving, kind, in, intuitive, clear people I've ever known in my life. Um, She's wonderful. She's, she's wonderful. She's absolutely wonderful. She's and wonderful. the listeners love, she's a regular uh, Friday uh, uh, co-host, and uh, she has really brought some very, very powerful work uh, to the show and across to our listeners. Yes. And if I might just say one other thing, I, I recently released a book. I did not write this book. I uh-huh. published it. It's a manuscript that's over 60 years old, and I'd been involved with the manuscript for 23 years. And it's a high-risk manuscript, actually. And I did this out of a devotion to the United States that I have as an American. And it was inspired because of 2000, because of 9-11. Mm-hmm. And that's the channeled autobiography of George Washington. Let me repeat that it's a channeled book. It's an autobiography. And the story of it's actually on my website, so I won't go into too many details now. I don't want to take it up on your radio show. But, but it, it, George, the spirit of Washington, came to a woman in 1944 whose name was Edith Ellis and asked her if she would channel his autobiography. She was almost blind. She was in her late 70s. And that began a most extraordinary relationship. And, of course, my, by instinct, I approached it as if it was made up and this is 23 years later and a lot of research went into it and i finally decided that america should have a chance to read this book that has remained out of sight for over 60 years and certainly in my own life for 23 years and so i went and published it and if anybody is interested it is available via my website the autobio- and the story of it is on the website, as is a taped interview with the woman who, in 1944, was a very young woman and the secretary to this blind elder who channeled and worked with Washington. So the young woman knew the spirit of Washington and became the woman who inherited all the documents. She now is in her 80s. And I thought, I'm going to videotape her talking to America about what it was like to know the spirit of George Washington. So that story is on my website. That's fabulous. The website is www.mace.com, M-Y-S-S.com. And Carolyn, would you please mention your radio show? Oh, thank yeah. you. You were you're like a paid advertisement. <laughs> you're terrific. Well, I um, want to share the stuff that I listen to. You're I, great. Yeah, I do a radio show with HayHouse.com. It's on Tuesday afternoons. It's 3 o'clock Central Time, so that would be 1 o'clock Pacific and 4 o'clock Eastern. It's very difficult to get all those times straight. I know. <laughs> but that's it's wonderful it's and it's and it's called sacred contracts and i do readings i do live readings on there yeah and i do readings for people i help them with their archetypes and occasionally slip into medical intuitive readings yes and i put on my old uh, antenna and go back to doing health readings that yeah yes and because you're not doing much of that anymore if no i actually retired from that yes um, about six, seven, eight years ago because my my life just went a different direction. Mm-hmm. It was no longer mainstream for me, and I went a different direction. I, I certainly do. Uh, I still 
do that in my private little workshops in my institute. Mm-hmm. But it's not a main. It's just like a physician retiring from their career. I mean, you 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 shift and you go into a different area of your life where you know I it it from that skill and through doing um, work in medical intuition for seventeen years, eighteen years. I, I learned about intuitive diagnosis. I learned energy medicine. I learned en- energy anatomy. I learned the nature of the spirit. It evolved into the study of archetypes and human consciousness, the soul, and now I'm moving into the direction of mysticism and intuition. Uh, I mean, the science of intuition and now the deeper track of mysticism and the nature of grace and the deeper calling of the human being because I, I really, really do feel that there is a much deeper calling in the world today. I really genuinely feel that people are being called as mystics out of monasteries, Mm. that there is a call to mystical activism at work on this planet, that these these feelings people talk about, that they are imploding, that they know that they are meant to do something, but they don't know what that is, Mm -hmm. that that feeling is very much a sensation that they are alive spiritually but they need to learn how to channel that grace and how to look at their life and not measure it by waiting to be instructed to do something but to rather view their life and themselves as more valuable Oh, that's yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we hear this a lot. Uh, what I'd like to do is invite each and every one of you. There, we will be able to take, I think we'll be able to take one more call. Uh, and we will uh, have a book right here for you, Invisible Acts of Power, uh, Channeling Grace in Your Everyday Life, Carolyn Mace. Uh, the phone number is 425-373-5527, 425-373-5527, or one 298 5569 We're going to go to the phones right now. Hi, welcome to the show. We have Athena. Hi, Athena. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. What an honor to to speak with you, Carolyn Mays. Um, I start, start reading your books over 10 years ago. Oh, wow. And I have a tough question for you. I was so much wanted to be part of your, your program. But I have a tough question for you. I know what we set up contracts for ourselves before we incarnate, but sometimes the life the life that we that uh, that happens things can happen to us in our life that can be so huge that it can prevent us from following through on our contract. I want to get your opinion on that. Well, I'm not sure what do you mean first of all, when you say following through on your contract, it means following through on the part of your contract that you want to do versus the part of your contract that you have to do. Wow, I, I've been there myself. <laughs> is that <laughs> is that it, Athena? Um, I didn't know there was a differentiation differentiation between want to and have to. Well, of course. <laughs> I mean, you may want to do something, and then there's what you have to do. That's the difference between how one's ego might perceive a contract and what one's soul perceives it as. For example, I don't know that Helen Keller would have chosen to go blind and deaf. But that's certainly what the soul recognized as its essential journey. And then she grew into it and became a mystic Mm. and eventually recognized that she had chosen and was assigned the journey of helping the blind to see and the deaf to hear 
And what she meant by that was that those who really could see couldn't see at all. And those who really could hear couldn't hear at all. And she was a genius mystic who came to break the boundaries on behalf of those who were blind and deaf. And that was a soul's calling. But if she had been allowed to just do what she wanted to do, she wouldn't have chosen that. It came from her soul, and she grew into it. Athena, is that what you is that well, what you're talking about? Not exactly. Okay. I know that I know that sometimes uh, the lessons we set up for ourselves, the challenges that we set up for ourselves in a given lifetime, can sometimes go askew, and that the psychological damage can be so great as to prevent the soul from fulfilling its mission. No, no, no. Only it, you cannot. You cannot. Here, let, let me see. What's a good way to put it? Here. Let us say that in this lifetime, a person's contract is to learn how to use a knife. And I say to you before you incarnate, as your spirit, as your guide, here's a knife. And before you incarnate, I'm going to put some inherent knowledge in you. If you grab the blade, you're going to cut yourself and it's going to hurt great big huge. You're going to bleed. You're going to think it's a weapon and you are going to spend your life hurting people. Until you learn that you have options. If, however, you first go grab the handle, you're going to discover that it's a tool. And you will forever be able to feed people and make objects of art and do wonderful things with it. Make objects of survival and build houses and build wonderful things. Now, you decide either way, by the time you disincarnate and come back to me, you will have mastered this and learned your lesson. Which way do you want to do it is up to you, but you will learn this, and that's the only thing that matters. Now go. You cannot blow learning how to learn the, use that knife. You will succeed. You will succeed at learning to use that knife. Now how you do it is in your hands. So if you're suffering, you're holding the blade. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, Got thank, it? Yeah. Thank you. Athena? Yeah, I think so. All right. Great. Thank you, Athena. Thank, thank you so thank much. You. Thanks, Thanks for Dr. listening. Pat. Wow. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> Karen, let me ask you about that. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been times in my life where, you know, I, to use this, uh, this analogy, where I clearly felt like I was holding the blade. But then there, there was a moment where I realized that there was another way to use this knife mm-hmm. is that isn't that the point that that right point right there is a point of freedom mm-hmm. where we make that decision because we can decide to hold keep holding the blade i mean we know what that feels like mm-hmm. and sometimes some of us do mm-hmm. because it's really comfortable to hold the blade we know or it's painful it's, not just, it's just not a matter of comfort uh-huh although it it that's certainly true for some people, as paradoxical as that sounds, like how could it be comfortable to hold the blade? But it's also because of pride. Okay. You hold it because of pride. Got because it. Because of hubris. Mm-hmm. No, it's not comfort. It's hubris. That's good. Call it what it is. All right. Let's do it. Call it what it is here. For those of you tuning in, I'm with Carolyn Mace. We have another caller. Let's go to the phones, Benny. We do. We have Melissa, who has a fantastic question. Oh, they're all good. We love our listeners. Absolutely. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much. I appreciate this. I, I have a question. Um, I'm in real estate, and 
but my my vision and my goal would be to be able to acquire properties and help the less fortunate. I mean, everyone, you know, if they want a home, they should be able to get one. So I went to a seminar one time, and, and they explained this, and I was like, you know, that's that's really where I'd like to be is is to help people get homes. And I was curious. Um, because I'm totally lost in the field anyway. I'm new and I'm lost. And um, do we get help? Can I get help from the spirit guides? I mean, angels? I mean, what, well, what is work? your vision? I I'm not sure what your vision is. Do you want to buy it for them? No, no. I mean, um, you know, I want to be able to acquire properties. So you do well, want to buy it for them? Yeah, well, basically, yeah. And do you want to be a landlord do. for the homeless? I'm, I'm sorry? You want to be a landlord for the homeless? Well, sort of. I well, mean, the answer is yes pay, or no. Of course, they would have to pay for the home. Well, there you go. So you want to be a landlord for the homeless? Yeah, but then when the term is up, the home is theirs. Just like, I mean, it's just like anyone so you else. Want to be a, you want to be a developer okay, is what you want. You you want to be a real estate developer and sell the properties to people with not a lot of money. Yes. Well, what there people do that all the time. What's your problem with that? Oh. What's the What's the problem here? I don't see the problem. Well, how you want to know I... if a spirit guide will help you be a real estate developer? Is that your question? Yeah. Do they help with those kind of things? Do you help? You mean our spirit guides, business managers? Come on, sweetheart. Why don't you just go to a bank, sit down with a financial manager and say, I don't want to lose any money. I don't want to do this like a fool. So help me put together a solid business plan. Why don't you do it like a really smart person? Okay. All right. Sounds good. All Thank right. You. you know, I'd like to, uh, you know what? I would love to follow up with you on this. I would okay. love to follow up with you on this. And, uh, and uh, you, you know, thank you. Thank you for calling in, and thank you for uh, sharing that with us. Uh, because Are you I'm, shaken from my answer, girlfriend? Well, you know, I just didn't know how to do it. I just, I feel lost. I want to help people, but I don't know how. Well, I think that it's just very logical that if you want to help people, you begin by, first of all, not fearing your own failure so much that you decide if you turn to a spirit guide, you won't fail. You've got to be willing to risk failure right. in your own effort, in your own magnanimous effort to help someone. If you fail at it, you fail at it. Right. But you can't decide ahead of time that I better go visit a spirit guide to guarantee my own success so that I don't turn out to be poor like the people I'm trying to help. Right. There's something wrong with that approach. Mm-hmm. Or can't you see it? No, I can see it. There's something highly ungenerous well, I've, I've about been, that approach. I've been very poor, so it's not like I don't know. Mm. It's not like I haven't been there before. Okay, be then the route you, to go is exactly what you've been through. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what you've been through. Mm-hmm. You know exactly how you got, you got where you are, honey. You duplicate that. You go to them, 
and you say, all right, you got to get on your knees. You've got to get your straplings up. Maybe go do, do seminars. Maybe go volunteer your time. If you're not in a, in, in, in a situation where you're hungry anymore, then go gather them together. Just try one volunteer seminar. Just try it. Just try it. Put up a sign and say, I want to talk to you guys about who among you really is serious about buying a piece of real estate. Who among you? Try it from the ground up that way. And say, who among you is really serious? Let me tell, tell you what it is you have to do to start organizing your finances. Try it from the ground up that way. Walk them through it. Walk them okay. through it. Okay. Walk them through it. Become one of them that way. Walk them through it. Then put together your business plan. Go to a bank and sit with a financial person and say, what's it going to take to get the financial backing here? And put your soul on the line. Instead of protecting your soul, put it on the line and let God do the protecting. Mm. If your vision is, is, is a strong one coming from there, don't worry about protecting yourself ahead of time. Worry about following your instincts and trust. You can't second-guess God like that, honey. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I think we've got some information uh, that, Benny, you've collected information? All right, good. Uh, we'll get you that book. Carolyn, I want to follow up on something you just said. Mm. Uh, you can't second-guess God. I think that is a, you know, that is a powerful message, and, uh, and I think so often we do that. We try to second-guess God, and you, know, you touched on the fact that it's the fear of stepping out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for someone like you along the way, your journey, have you ever been at that point yourself? Which is the point? Um, the, which that, point are you talking about? That point in your life where you knew that you were called to, to do something and I, y- you were scared. Are you kidding? <laughs> I just thought I'd check. Are you kidding? I, I know the you answer. You think it's, it's <laughs> that, that talking about how the New Age has to grow up is popular? No, I read that. <laughs> are you kidding? No, no. When, when the New Agers are so used to being coddled and they're so used to being absolutely handled with kid gloves, and now I stand in front of them and say, oh, knock it off and grow up. <laughs> are you kidding? I'm, I, it's, uh, are you kidding? But you know what? I must have been kidding there. What were you thinking, woman? <laughs> you know, I, I'm kind of the same place. I mean, I, you know, I either keep my mouth shut and feel absolutely awful, or I, you know, do what I'm called to do. Mm-hmm. It is, let me tell you something, it is not a simple thing at all. To live a courageous life. Oh, no, it's not. We it actually should do a show that, on that. that. That woman who just phoned, I, what was her name? Melissa. Melissa. And Athena. Melissa and Athena. M- M- Melissa's vision of helping people to get homes, to follow through with that mm-hmm. without thinking, well, first of all, I want to ensure my own safety. That's a high-risk way to go. Mm-hmm. Because there's no such thing in anybody who has ever received a genuine piece of guidance. God will never, ever, ever 
say, and I'll cover your backside first. Mm-hmm. God never covers the per- first one first. Mm-hmm. Never. Not in the history of any religion will you look and see that the prophet is covered first. Ever. Ever. And if you need to be covered first, then you need to realize, I'm not ready to do this. I'm not ready. If you're willing to say, I can do this, and I can face anything. I can take care of, I can take it. Mm -hmm. I can take whatever needs to be done. And I have the faith to do this, and I'm willing to to risk everything. I looked at publishing George Washington. Mm -hmm. It's a channeled document. Channeled. Yes. Okay. I'm not associated with channeled material. And a channeled document on the founding father of this country sets me up to take a hit like you wouldn't believe. Absolutely. And I looked at that and thought, what am I going to do here? I could just sit on this manuscript for another 60 years and let one of my nieces or nephews inherit it. And let them sit on it and let one of their children inherit it until it becomes such a, until the papers just fold and rot in their own little box here. Or I could decide, you know what, I'm just going to release this. And I'm going to write a little forward that says, this is what channeled material is. Let me tell you how to interpret channeled material. And let people decide, when they read this, if they can understand what the nature of channeled material is. And that a soul can and does. And that the founding fathers have come back. They are very much in the spirit of this country. Because the spirit of this country is shaking in its boots. That the spirit of this country is hemorrhaging. And any American who can't see this is not looking in the right direction. And that the founding fathers have gathered just as there is a mystical renaissance going on. And they are mystics and Mm -hmm. that's why they're back. And there is a mystical renaissance going on. That's why people are being called to channel grace. Mm -hmm. That's why this message is so important. People now are being called to be contemporary mystics. To be mystics out of monasteries. That that all of this interest that we've developed in these last 40, 50 years to go into the healing arts, that there is another, that there is yet another option, a refined option to be a mystic out of a monastery, to realize that your, your capacity to act on that subtle core of intuition, to be able to stand present in a room when you walk in and feel this room is so stressful, I... To shift your breathing, breathe deeply, and know that you're channeling grace into a room because you know how to do that. This is what I teach in my seminars on entering the castle. I am now teaching people how to heal and channel grace, how to be invisible acts of power. That's why I wrote this book. That's why I'm writing my next book, Entering the Castle, how to enter your soul, how to learn how to use the great gifts, and talents of the mystics of the classic 12th century and how to bring those great gifts into the world because those great mystics, Teresa of Avila, Francis of Assisi, uh, from the, Teresa was 16th century, but Francis, Meister, all these great mystics changed the world and they never left their monasteries or very rarely did. Well, they, 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 their souls did the work. 
And this is what I see in people. It's their souls that are imploding. When they say things like, I know I was born for something, yes. it's their soul talking mm -hmm. through them. Let mm -hmm. me out it saying. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. And, you know, you, uh, thank you so much, Carolyn. Thank you for, for joining the show today. Uh, thank you for doing what you do and continue to do. Uh, and I want to let everyone know that if you would like to find more about CMED, about the radio show, about Carolyn Mays, about getting a copy of the book, go to www.mace.com. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye -bye. I look forward to hearing you on the radio. <laughs> all right. I love those readings. Thank you all for listening to the Dr. Pat Show. Uh, today's guest, Carolyn Mace. As I said before, the website is www.mace.com. Uh, thank you all for listening. Don't forget tonight, if you have some time, uh, you can join uh, Dr. Stan Block and myself at the East Shore Unitarian Church at 7 o'clock for a free workshop. Take care, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today for the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. The Dr. Pat Show can be heard live Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. on KKNW AM 1150 and every Thursday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific on voiceamerica.com. So join Dr. Pat live or listen 24-7 at www.thedrpatshow.com. expressed on the preceding program are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers.